We're in this series and we're concluding it today on the state of the heart, the state of the heart. And it's gonna kind of just fall into next week's series. We're gonna start next week for the month of November, a series called Unstoppable. How many is glad you're unstoppable? No weapon formed against us shall prosper, amen? How many is glad you're unstoppable in God, all right? And so every series just dominoes into the next series, and we plan that intentionally before we ever get there, and, and we're excited about where God has taken you and taken me and taken the church. And I'm gonna be a little bit different today in the type of presentation we're gonna bring preaching-wise. I wanna just kind of share from my heart, gonna share some reports, gonna just talk about the church in general, talk about you individually and where we're going, all right? And, and I remember as a young preacher growing up, my dream as a pastor and a potential pastor as a young minister started preaching when I was 15. I know you still wonder when I'm gonna learn how, but I'm trying, okay? And uh, But as a 15-year-old preacher and young minister and then growing up, and, and my dream was to have a church that I would pastor where I would not just watch people come to church, but I would watch people hear the gospel and really watch lives transformed by the power of Jesus and, and to not just hear it, not struggle with it their whole life, but to watch lives literally be transformed transformed and, and then to watch those lives become very effective in their purpose and making a difference in the lives of others. And I'm living out that dream right now. I get to live that out with this church and, and not just watch people come to church, but sitting in front of me right now are ex-drug addicts and alcoholics and, and people that were even selling their body on the street trying to survive with them and their children and people that have a prison record longer than my address and, 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 and one thing after another and watch the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus not just touch a person's life, but transform a person's life to make it totally brand new and then to let that person watch that person become productive in impacting the other people's around them's lives and that's the church I get to pastor every Sunday and can we give God one big amazing thank you for that because it's all about him it's all about him and 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 it's exciting to see that and 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 I was in on a deer hunt you know I love to hunt and just a little bit and, uh, but I love to climb. I climb trees when I hunt in a climber and I go about 30 foot up and I just sit there all day. And, and I was in Kentucky a couple weeks ago in a hunt and I was just thinking about you and, and I got my phone out. That can be dangerous when you're a hunter. And I'm up 30 foot and I'm watching the videos that we have of, of Darren and Valerie and Debbie and, and, and different ones of their testimony. And that might be why I didn't see a deer that morning, but I was having good church anyway. And, uh, but I want to show you, Debbie, we, we're going to be showing all of those here in the next several weeks but here's one of our testimonies of transformation you know I grew up Catholic so anytime anybody asked if I was going to church or or um if I was saved, it was kind of insulting because as a Catholic, you assume that you are saved. And I've had people in my life that, have, you know, my aunts uh, that have always um, planted that seed of going to church and friends and always telling us telling us to go to church. And I said, you know, I could, I could talk to God whenever I feel like it. You know, I used to work around a bunch of guys and derogatory language is just part of our everyday life where we just continually, uh, you know, had curse words, every other word. That was just normal talking. And uh, I had gotten uh, cancer, and it gives you a lot of time to think, you know? I started to contemplate, you know, 
there's got to be more to life than just you're born, you work, and you die. And I think that started the ball rolling, but I was afraid to go to church. He had asked me the question one day, do you think you're going to go to heaven? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a good person. I do the right, you know, right stuff. I help people out whenever I can, and I make sure I, you know, I try to do things The change right. of feeling so dark and alone, even though you didn't feel like you're going through life and you're having fun and you're doing things, but there's still that heaviness or darkness in your, in your soul. And when I, when I got saved, that, I mean, I felt like the brightest light was going through my body. I mean, I was smiling from ear to ear, and I could feel the difference of, of just being lift, the heaviness lifted and not even just remember looking up and saying, okay, I get it, I'm supposed to be here. You get the truth here. You have real people here. You have people that have been through a lot and you get to see them walk through it with God and, and come out as a flower at the end. This church just has a, a vibe about it that, um, that it doesn't matter who, do you, who you go to, they, they're willing to help you, they love on you. I mean, I see people come in every, that we don't know and, and just people just go to them and welcome them into the church and, and you don't see that too often. The people in this church really, truly, you can feel it, go, go after to know you. That you're going to leave, you know, smiling. You're not going to leave the way you came in. inside that, that it's now a new lifestyle it's not I'm trying to fit that lifestyle and uh, I wouldn't change it for the world I'm Debbie Beckford and I've been transformed she's on the front row and when I met Debbie she could outcuss 10 sailors that's no lie that is no lie. And one day we were in a meeting after that, and the first time my kids got to meet Debbie, we, she got saved, and we went out to a restaurant, and the waitress was taking too long, and Debbie was like, what the blank's taking her so long? And my kids all went, and I went, it's okay, God, it's okay, it's okay. And, uh, and today she oversees our greeters, and she's a facilitator of a, of a Bible study and a small group, and isn't God amazing? and how he can take a life and transform it. And that's, that's all through Jesus. Come on, let's just give him another thank you for that. And, and so I, I want to use that, and we're going to be sharing other stories and different ones. I know Valor and Darren are here, and we've got their video and different ones. It's amazing what God is doing. But as I, I begin to think about that, I realize, you know, I've always believed that the church is God's ultimate answer to mankind's problem, that the church is God's vehicle that he has predestined to use to impact society and touch the world for the hope of Jesus. Not the building, but we're the church. 
And when we understand that, all of a sudden new things become alive to us that, you know what, I'm not here waiting for a rapture. I'm here to make a major impact until the rapture gets here and that we are the church of Jesus Christ. And, and I begin to think about this congregation. I, I was just writing a lot of this down in a tree, and I just begin to think about you and the testimonies and the many testimonies that, that we hear here of how God is so transformed. And we know Jesus has done it all. It's not about us. It's all about him, and he receives all the praise for it. But I, I thought about it. You know, two years ago, just two years ago, this church is running 100 150 people, and, and we've grown over 350 to 400 people in the last two years, and, and now 500 is a low Sunday for us, and, and you go, well, do numbers matter? Absolutely they matter because every number represents a person that represents a soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere, and here's the great news, 80% of that growth is new converts that have come and found Jesus in their life as their Savior, and now they're productive Christians in the kingdom of God. And let's give him one more hand for that. Amen. Amen. And so it's amazing. We're, we're seeing between 10 and 20 people give their hearts to Jesus every Sunday here. Every Sunday, we're watching people give their hearts to Jesus, not counting the number of children that are being saved in the back building. You're giving, yeah, amen. You're giving here is amazing. Do you know that you give almost double what the national average people give in a church? And we're in, in what's called the west side of Pensacola where what good can come out of the west side? You know, they call us the ghetto. They call us, you can call us whatever you want. We call us a garden of hope and a hospital on the west side of Pensacola that God is using to change and transform the lives of people. And you're giving, not only on your tithe, but your giving right now is putting over $4,000 a month into missions in this church. Over 4000 a month. And that's why you don't see us come here and ask for special offerings. You never hear us come up here and go, we need you to give extra. We need you to give more. You want to know why? Because you already do that. And when, you, when we want to write a check to Peru or to Vietnam or to help, we don't come here and beg for an offering. We just write a check because it's there because of the giving spirit of this church. And what an honor to pastor a group like this. And so I want to talk to you today about points of passion. And I want to talk to you about the structure of the church and who we are. And this will maybe help some of our new families here. And, and then I want to bring it into us as individuals today because the Bible gives us this thing called the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Old Testament is a type and shadow of that which is to come in the New Testament, the spiritual so everything God is doing in our life in the spiritual realm today, he gives us a visual in the natural in the Old Testament so we can see it because how many are like me? You need the book with the pictures, okay? I need pictures with the words, all right? You know, I know us men, you know, we're like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but us men, we don't really need that. Like just go buy the thing, open the box, put it together, and then fuss because whoever made those directions didn't do it right. And then my wife will come in and go, if you will just read the directions and quit looking at the picture, it might help, okay? And, uh, but how many's glad God gives us a visual so for people like me, we can put words with visual and go, now I get it, all right? And this is what God does with the Bible is he gives us, and I want to talk to you today about points of passions because we as Christians and churches do not just exist, we exist with purpose, 
And God has some specific purpose for you as an individual and for us as a corporate church. It's found in Acts 1.8, you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth or the ends of the earth. And God's desire for us as a church is to reach our community, to reach our nation, and to reach our world with the hope of Jesus. How many really believes that Jesus is coming back again one day? How many really believes that? How many believes that's gonna happen pretty soon from what we see around us? And what he tells us until then is that we occupy. That, that doesn't mean waste time. That means occupy, be busy doing something that's very productive until he comes. And James says in James 1, he says, real religion, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. He, he gives us some instructions on what he believes that genuine and real religion or Christianity is supposed to look like. And by the way, thank you for your prayers. We just flew back in last night about 11 o'clock from New York City, and, and Friday night we preached there, and the place was so packed. People were out in the lobby standing. They were putting speakers so people out there could hear just a hunger for God's Word. And then seven hours straight, I got to teach over 160 leaders yesterday nonstop for seven hours in New York City, and, and the hunger, and, and that's why I brought this in, the hunger for the gospel and to be effective in the kingdom right now is at a level that I've never seen within the church before, ever. And, and we've got to come and realize that God's calling us to be a part of that church. And he says that, that the religion that he's looking for is not how pretty we look in church and how good of a program we put together, but do we really care about the orphan? Do we really care about the children? Do we really care about the broken, the lost, the hurting? That's the real religion that Jesus is looking for. So I want to talk to you today about some principles that create progress. How many wants to move forward? Seven of us. Okay. Let me either change messages. I've been doing this a long time. I can switch. Or let me ask that again. How many wants to progress and move forward? Amen. In life as general and how many wants to see the church continue to go forward? You know, we can sit here right now and go, we got 500, 550 every Sunday. Let's just stagnate. Let's just enjoy this ride. Not even a chance. Well, how are you going to do four services, Pastor? It's the same way we do three until he gives us a bigger building. And then when we get four full, we're going to do five. And somewhere in there, he's going to give us a bigger building. That's why all of my staff are under 28 years old. Because they're going to work hard in those five services, all right? But principles that create progress, Ephesians 6, 2 and 3, it just gives us an example. And I want you to see this where he says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. It's not the first commandment. It's the fourth commandment, but it's the first one with a promise. And here's the promise that if you honor your mom and dad, you will go, you will go well with you and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. He, he's telling us, I've got a commandment. If you obey it, there's some promises that I've offered to you that I'm going to fulfill. And God gives us biblical principles that if we put them into action in our journey of life, there's some promises that he's given us that he's guaranteed. Say guaranteed. How I many besides me like a guarantee? 
And that's called covenant. You have a contract with people you don't trust. And covenant is done by word. And we're in covenant with God because the, the promises are guaranteed. And so God makes some guarantees. And I want to show you this through the journey of the Israelites because God takes Moses and, and, and then we see Job and, and they come in and they take the people of Israel on a 40-year journey from Egypt to the promised land. And there's something very unique that happened along that journey that allowed the presence and the purpose and the power of God to be with the Jewish people throughout that journey. And I want to talk to you about it today. And we see this in the scripture where the people to worship God, to be with God, they had to go to this thing called a tabernacle. Because the tabernacle in the Old Testament was the place where God dwelt. To meet with God, you had to go to the tabernacle. And it's a physical temple that they put together and constructed everywhere they moved. Today, we're not, no longer in a temporary tabernacle. We're in a permanent temple. That we are the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. The Word of God dwells. And so we don't chase the Holy Spirit down today. He moves inside of us and guides us where to go. Are you with me? And so the natural is I see a tabernacle. The spiritual is I have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. But God gave them some principles that they had to do regularly to keep the presence of God alive and available. And I want to look at those today because in the natural we will see them, but I want to move them over into the spiritual realm because how many wants to keep the purpose, the power, and the presence of God alive inside of you every day? Amen. Are you with me? So let's go on a quick journey, all right? And so God, what he would do is he would show himself. Here they are now. They've got this tabernacle, and God would show up by cloud by day or fire by night, and that meant you've got to move with me. We're not staying here any longer, and he may let them stay a day or a week or a month somewhere, and then all of a sudden they would wake up one day, and the cloud's no longer above us. It's over there. we got to pack this baby up and move it to the cloud. We're maybe in the middle of the night and all of a sudden the fire's in the air and the, air and the sky and they would go, the, the presence of God just moved and we gotta pack up and move with it. And they would move and can I tell you today, God wants some of us to pack up and move. He's moving in a new direction in your life and he wants you to move with him. He, he wants you to go with him because God's got unbelievable plans for your life. God's got people you're going to touch and impact with the hope of Jesus that you can't do if you stay here. And when I say here, I mean in the place you are spiritually. He wants to move you. I was in the airport again in Atlanta coming to Pensacola, and there's like 20 more Navy people. They're coming to NAS, young, 18, 19, 20, and they're sitting there in their Navy uniforms, and there's a Dunkin' Donuts spot right across from our gate. And I go, young people, donuts. There's a click right there. All right. And so I go over, and I buy two dozen donuts, and I walk over, and I get right in the middle of their circle. They're sitting on the floor waiting for the plane. And I go, my name's Pastor Dan Livingston. I pastor Transformation Church. We're like 10 minutes from NAS, and I just want to, anybody want a donut? <laughs> and sugar frenzy went on, and, and I said, we're, just want you to know we're a church that's 10 minutes from the base. We want you to know you already have a family waiting on you in Pensacola. We want you to know our homes are open for you to come and eat. We want you to know our church is here to serve you. We want you to know that God loves you, and you're coming to the best city in America. We want you to know that God's got planned for your life, and here we go, man. Let's do it again, because God's called us to be ready. He wants to move us into a place every day that we can change and transform people people's lives. And so I want to talk to you about this today. So for the tabernacle to move, 
God had set up three different tribes or people that were responsible for the move. And I want to show you this naturally and then spiritually. It's found in Numbers 3.17, and it says, those, these that were the names of the sons of Levi, and Levi and his family were over and responsible for the tabernacle, and his three sons were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And so I want to show you this. We're not going to get into all the scripture, but here's all I want you to see. Every son represented a tribe that was responsible for a certain part of the tabernacle to move it and to reset it so that the people could enter into the presence of God. And so here's what they did. We see in Numbers 3.36 that the Merarites were appointed to take care of the frames of the tabernacle, its crossbars, and its posts. They were responsible for the foundation, the post, the heavy post, the foundation that would hold up the tabernacle. And then in Numbers 3.25, at the tent of meetings, the Gershonites were responsible for the care of the tabernacle in the tent. They were responsible for putting the tent up that would hang on the post and the foundation. And then number three, the third son, Kohath, his tribe was responsible for the care of the furnishings, which represented the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the articles of the sanctuary used in ministering, the curtain, and everything of their use. So all three sons had a very important part to play in the construction of the tabernacle that if their part wasn't done, the presence of God could not meet with the people. Are you with me so far? I want to take those three areas that God said must take place, must have attention, and bring over into our lives individually and corporately as a church. And if we do them, we're in a guarantee that the presence of God, the cloud and the fire is going to go with us everywhere we go. And how many are ready to see a thousand more lives changed? How many is ready to see more marriages put back together? And we're seeing that right now. Right now, we've got a marriage in this church that for the last 14 years has been right at divorce court, right at divorce court, right at 14 years, right at divorce court. And in the last few months, because of the, the prayer time in the morning, on Tuesday morning prayer, the wife told me, God spoke to me. And in the 21-day prayer that we just went through, God spoke to them. And now they're, God's healing their marriage after 14 years total restoration. And we're watching God do that in so many areas of ministry, families and finances and health and so many things. And why? Because when the structure's right and the tabernacle's built, the presence of God shows up. And so let's go on a quick, quick journey. And so three principles that God gives us to move us into a passion or place of purpose. Number one, there must be structural progress. Structural progress. And this represents the post, the foundation. You don't see it, but it's required. It gets a little attention, but without it, you can't put up the tents. You can't put up the curtains. You can't put up the visible. There has to be that, that inside, that foundation that's within you. And I, I want to share, especially for our new people, three areas of structural strength that Transformation Church is built upon that guarantees us the presence of God if we continue. And these three areas, I want to show you how personally they must be in our lives also individually. Number one is that we have a clear vision and values. We understand our vision and we know our values. That, that we, we're not a church here that's going to try to do a thousand things. We're, that's not us. 
If you're, if you're looking for a church where they're going to have church going on every night and there's parties and picnics every weekend and there's stuff going on every night, you're going to not be too happy here because I don't want you here every night. I want you home with your family. I want you around unchurched people some nights, not around Christian people all the time. Not doing their thing, but bringing them into your thing. <laughs> Clarify that. <laughs> I don't want you here every night. I tell my staff. I don't want my staff here more than three times a week. I want you home. Be with your family. Build that first and then come help build the others. And, and, but we want you to know that we have strong vision and value here. And here's the thing. We don't do a lot of things here. We focus on one thing, and we're going to do it very, very well. And that's called the Great Commission. That we've got one goal in this church, and that's to see more people come into the kingdom than ever before, to meet Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior, to find deliverance taking place in their life on a daily basis, to enter in and to discover their purpose in life and why God created them, and then join a church family and start fulfilling God's purpose in your life and make a difference in the life of others. That's our ultimate purpose here at Transformation Church. That's our vision. And God wants to come and he wants you to know that. He wants you to have that in your life too. You've got to get clear vision. Who are you? Why do you exist? Many of you have way too many things going on in your world, and that's why there's confusion in it. You can't be everything to everybody. You see, my job as a pastor is, is, not, to, is not to fix your problems. My God as a pastor is to give you something bigger in life, greater than your problem. And when you find your purpose in life, your problems begin to take care of themselves. My role in pastor is not to feed you. My role as a pastor is to raise you up and teach you how to feed yourself. You with me? Now, you're going to get fed when you come here on Sunday, but how many eats more than once a week? <laughs> I know my family does. <laughs> so my, I, I can't do that. I can't feed you every week, but you know what? If I can challenge you, and our team can challenge you to go after God more. You're going to feed yourself during the week. You know why you're feeding yourself? You're always feeding somebody else with you. And, and clear vision. And, and I want to challenge some of you, just like Transformation Church. We keep it simple. If you come here and say, I want a list of all your ministries, we can put them in a little paragraph. But the ones we do, we're going to do very well. We got small groups that's going to take care of the parties and the picnics and the funds and all that kind of stuff. And we want you to get in those. But I want to tell you, we have clear vision here at the church. We know what our purpose is. And, and I want to challenge you, and here's our TC values, and we talk about these in our staff. Number one, number one value of this church is I want you to love Jesus Christ with all of your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. I want him to be the number one purpose in your life, number one person in your life. Love God with everything that's within you, and when you do that, you're going to love people. You're going to love people. And then number two is have a strong work ethic. God does not bless lazy. He just doesn't bless lazy. We have a strong work ethic around here. We're, we're going to work. We're going to work. We're going to work very, very hard. That team works very hard all week long. Our, our people in every area of service works very hard to bring you excellent service every Sunday when you come in here. Throughout the week, we're going to work very, very hard. And then our third value is we're going to have a whole lot of fun doing it. Yeah, we have fun. Anybody having fun besides me? I love doing it. Someone told me they, up in New York, they said, you should have had one of your staff preaching tomorrow. I go, I don't want them to. I want to preach. <laughs> I love doing this. 
It's what I was born to do. And my staff will be preaching. They love to preach, and I love to hear them preach. But I want to tell you something. Love God. Have strong work ethic. Do what you do with excellence. And have a whole lot of fun while you're doing it. Because when you have fun, you have a good attitude. Number two is scriptural church government. We have solid and strong. This is the foundation. These are the posts. We have a very strong leadership and government here in the church. You don't see it because it's in the foundation, but it's there. And there must be a strong level of accountability in your personal life. Who do you answer to? Who are you accountable to in your personal life? Who, who do you make yourself? I have four pastors in different states that I'm accountable to that I report to on a monthly basis. And they question me on many areas of my life as I've asked them to. That's what's going to keep me in line and make me, it keeps my foundation strong so that I can lead the other people that are around me to be led. Who are you accountable to? And we as a church have a strong foundation. We have a strong structure. And number three is we have biblically solid financial policies. That as a church, you don't see it, but it's there. And can I tell you as a church, and this is important, because everybody says churches just want your money, and that's not true. We don't beg for money's offerings around here. We just teach the principles of giving. But can I tell you, we operate this year on 90% budget of what we brought in in tithes last year because we run the church on the same principles I run my family, live within your means. And we don't put this church under financial stress or burden. Have you heard us come up here ever in the last two years and go, we need to take a special offering? You don't. Why? We don't have to because we operate the church with financial principles that we live and operate the church within our means. And can I tell you, some of you need to learn to do that in your home. Christmas is coming up. And I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Your two-year-old enjoys the box more than they do the toy. and they don't even remember you bought it for them. Do not go out and charge a bunch of money on toys and gifts that you know you can't afford. And then you're gonna be busting the door to church down in January going, help! And I'm gonna go, you didn't listen. You got to come and understand, establish some financial structure in your life. Jesus did it that way, so it might be important for us to learn to do it that way. Amen, are y'all with me today? All right? And so there's some biblical principles that God wants to work in. So as we look at that, that's the structural, all right? That's the structural area that God is speaking to that you want structural progress, some areas to take place in your life. And then there's systematic progress. And I'm gonna quickly go through this. And this is what we actually do. This is the tent. This is what's visible. The structural is underground, but the visible, the tent of our lives individually and corporately, this is what people see. This is what we actually do. And here's the thing about the tent, is when people needed to go to the presence of God, they didn't say, now which building is that? Which one's the tabernacle? They knew the tabernacle by the tent. It identified itself. And can I tell you, as the temple, people in the world shouldn't be going, now which one's the Christian? Who can I go to and talk? Who, who, who can help me? Who, who can guide me? Our tent should define who we are to the world. Not even, they hadn't seen the foundation, they just see the tent. Come on, are you with me still? 
all right? And God's trying to teach us something. And so here at Transformation Church, here's what our tent looks like. We have weekend services, and, and these are places and times we're gonna come and celebrate, man. We're gonna have a blast. How many loves coming to church? We're gonna celebrate. It's a place of inspiration that we want you to leave inspired and, and go, and you know what? I can do better. I can be better. I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna have more fun. Inspired by the word of God. A place to help prepare you. Preparation. To just prepare you and your marriage and your finances and your spiritual walk and whatever area of life that, that you're moving forward in. And it's a place of salvation and we make no apology for it. Our number one goal every Sunday when we gather together here is to see more people born into the kingdom of God. That is our ultimate win when we meet on our staff meeting on Tuesday. It wasn't how many were in church. My question is, how many accepted Jesus? Because the how many were in church number will take care of itself if the people are accepting Jesus and finding Christ as their Lord and Savior. I can tell you this, if there's ever a Sunday in this church that no one accepts Christ, you won't hear any preaching the next Sunday. We're gonna repent. We're just going to have a repent Sunday. Now, we've never had one of those. Now, we repent every day, but we've never had, because we've never had a Sunday in this church without somebody giving their heart to Jesus. That's our ultimate win. Are you with me? And so our systematic progress, what does that mean? Systematic means we just keep doing it over and over. It's just part of who we are. And I say some of you need to create that in your spirit and you start creating systems that are just daily in your life that this is just who I am and what I do. And when you create those systems, they become who you are and people see you and they know who you are and they know they can come to you. And so we, we have our weekend services and we have our small groups. Weekend services are targets salvation. Small groups are targets deliverance, finding freedom. And in our small groups, we had a goal this semester of 25 small groups with 50% of our church registering and attending them. We bypassed that. We've got 27 small groups going this semester and over 260 people registered for our small groups this semester. And that's where life change is coming. That's where relationships are built. Life change comes through relationships. All it takes to go to heaven is Jesus. To win the life on earth, it takes other people. And small groups allow that to happen. And we're seeing God do that through our small groups, drug addicts being set free, alcoholics being released through relationship and accountability and a prayer partner now. Can I tell you, 80% of the counseling in this church has gone away. 80% of the counseling in this church has disappeared because small groups has taken its place. Relationships. And then we, we, our small groups is a place to connect where you're gonna meet new friends. This is a place to protect you because now there's accountability and it's a place to grow. If you're not in a small group, get in one. Number three, our systematic process and progress is grow track. Every Sunday night, grow track, grow track. What is grow track? That's where you're gonna discover your purpose. You're gonna know God personally. You're gonna to begin to walk out your freedom. You're gonna find your purpose and then you're gonna make a difference in the lives of others. Grow track every Sunday evening for the first three Sundays of the month now. We have our grow track and if you're new in the church, I encourage you to go through our grow track. It's where you're gonna find out about the church. It's gonna let us find out about you and know you personally. It's gonna connect you with the purpose of God in your life and we're gonna have a place here at TC where if you would like, you can start serving with the passions and the gifts that you have and make a difference in the lives of other 
of people. And today, right at 120 to 150 people are serving somewhere in ministry every Sunday in this building to make our Sunday experience a powerful thing. Every weekend is systematic. We just know we're going to do it. It defines who we are, and we're just going to keep changing people's lives over and over and over and over. Every month, we're not going to, what are we going to do next month? Grow track, small groups, Sunday weekend services, get people saved, get them connected with a small group, let the deliverance take place, and then get them at Grow Track. Let's find out why God made you, and let's find your purpose and let you get connected with it. It's just going to keep happening. And then it's the dream team. And the dream team's that once you finish Grow Track and you've identified your purpose, let's start serving with the dream team. And the dream team is that 120, 150 people that are making it happen every week. And we want you to know that if you want to serve, you're in a church that you don't have to sit in for a year. A pastor asked me recently, he goes, I have people come to my church for a year and they go through a year of discipleship and then they leave our church and go somewhere else. And he goes, I don't know why. I said, I can answer that. For a year, you've told them they're not good enough to serve at your church. So why not go somewhere else? We want you to know, you know Jesus? Get ready to serve. Because we got your back, all right? And then let's go on. And here's the third progress. It's the spiritual progress. So you with me? We've got the foundation. We've got the structure that God's wanting to build in your life individually. And he wants to have us to have corporately. But then he has the spiritual things on the inside that he wants you to possess. The last part of the tabernacle represents the most important of all, and that's the spiritual content. Because you can have the post, the tent, and you can have everything looking good, but if you don't have the spiritual things on the inside, you can't make a difference in the lives of other people. And God wants our ultimate desire to be make a difference in the life of other people. You see, I know people that all they do is pray. And then I know people that all they do is work. And if all you do, you can go serve and serve and serve in a thousand areas of ministry and not be effective if you don't have prayer. And you can pray 24 hours a day, and if you don't go serve, you're not going to do anything. you got to get the two together. Faith without works is dead. And when we come and put the two together and we bring these spiritual elements, so in, in the tent, we see the works. The second area, we see the works. In the first area, we see the foundation. But in the third area, we see the faith comes in. And now all of a sudden, God begins to take that work that you and I do and establish in our tent, identifying who we are, finding our purpose. And all of a sudden, God begins to make something very, very real take place in our life. And it happens through this. Number one, by focusing on the Word of God. We're a Word church. We're a Word church. This is a different type of message today, but we're a Word church. You come here, you're not getting a hot dog. You're going to get a filet mignon. Okay, I promise you. You know, I'm not going to tell you how it's going to taste because it's coming out of me, you know. I can mess things up really good. But God's words, His word, no matter where it's coming from, amen. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to do our best to feed you a solid meal every time you come here. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't feed you every day. You got to learn to feed yourself. You got to come and understand that focus on the word of God. How, how, how do I get this spiritual elements taking place in my life, Pastor? I understand the foundation. I'm building that. I understand the 10. I'm, I'm going to work on those areas. But how do I get that spiritual element in my life? Number one is focus on God's word. Keep it simple. 
I've, I've even had some people, you know, that wanted us to move into the direction of really making this a deep teaching on our Sunday mornings. And, and, and I said, you know, here's my philosophy. And if you want to know that, here it is. I'm not throwing out Greek and Hebrew. I know some of it. I've, I've studied very hard for 35 years. And I can throw Greek and Hebrew at you. But you know what I found out in life? A guy that's drowning, he doesn't want the Greek word for a life raft. He just wants you to throw him one. And then when we get him in the boat, if he has a question about the Greek word, we'll answer that. But if you come here and your marriage is in trouble, or your life's in trouble, or your friend that you brought's in trouble, we're not here to try to impress people with fancy words and big sermons. We just want them to get a clear picture of Jesus and who he is and how much he loves you. And I want you to leave here with a life raft in your arm knowing I'm safe for the first time. Life's gonna be okay, it's gonna get better. And we want you to get into the word of God. Number two is focus on prayer. Just get prayer into your life. We have six o'clock prayer here every Tuesday morning and a great group that shows up and prayer every Saturday morning at nine from nine to 10. And, and, and then anytime you can pray, but every day of your life, you need to have that time you talk to God. That you open his word and just read a scripture and you begin to talk to God. And I encourage you every day of your life, let every day be started by the first fruits of your day going to God in praise. That every day of your life, you start your day, Father, I just wanna come today and just say, I honor you with the first fruits of my day. And I do this every day of my life. And I, I thank you, God, for another day to be alive, to be a husband to my wife and a father to my children and a papa to my grandchildren and a pastor to the greatest church in America and to make a difference in the lives of someone today. I just want to come and give you the first fruit of my day. And it's a thanksgiving and it's a spirit of praise, God, unto you that I can't be here and wouldn't be here without you, Father. And I just want you to know this whole day belongs to you. And I give you my soul, my body, my spirit, my mind. I offer myself to you today, God, as a gift that Father you'll use me today to impact somebody with the hope of Jesus learn to open your day with prayer throughout your day you're talking with him and when you do that you'll start focusing on worship because then I realize that everything I have today is because of him everything I enjoy today is because of him every good thing that comes from heaven is because of him and I begin to worship him. How many of you are having that experience, man? This worship's just showing up everywhere. I mean, you're in your car, you know, and the guy next to you thinks you just got marriage problems going on, you know, or something. And, and it's just me and Jesus, just forget about it, all right? Just go on with it. And, and that's your job, man. Just the joy of the Lord just takes over you. And, and wherever you're at, man, I was just sitting in the airport this, this weekend and I just started thinking about God, you're just so amazing. And, and the blessings that you've allowed to come in my life, I, I just can't thank you enough, God. You're so awesome. You're so awesome, God. I just, I think I just begin to worship him in the airport. I want to tell you something. When you begin to establish these three areas that God gave us a picture in the old with the tabernacle, when you become that place that you get the post, the foundation in your life, and you make sure it's strong, and then begin to establish the curtain in your life, begin to get systematic structure into your life in certain areas that this is not decisions I make every week. I've made the decision. Now I'm going to walk it out every week, every day, every day. It's a system. It's a system that I walk out every day. And then when you do that, all of a sudden you're going to watch God begin to bring these areas of spiritual blessing into your life. And when you begin to pray, you begin to read of the word of God and you begin to worship him every day. I want to tell you something. You become a tabernacle that the world's going to seek out called the temple 
where Jesus dwells. How many's found this out right now? I've had several people, I gotta close, I'm already over, but I just got back from New York and they like to preach me to death. I got a lot of preaching me today, I'm sorry, all right? And, uh, but here, here's, here's what I'm hearing a lot. Pastor, I don't know why everybody's coming to me. Why is everybody on my job coming to me? It's because you look like the temple. You look different than the other people on your job. Why is everybody asking me for help? Because you look like the place Jesus dwells. Why have all the people in my block, there's people knocking on my door? Because when they watch you get out of your house and go to your car every Sunday morning and drive to church and come back with a smile on your face and you've got joy in your heart when you're walking your dog down the street and, and you're whistling and singing and all of a sudden your temple looks different. You've got something on the inside to give. So how many is ready to say, God, today I want passion with purpose. And I, I, want, I want to know you with a reason. And I want purpose in my life. And I want to see a world transformed because of Jesus alive inside of me. Amen. Amen. You receive God's word. Amen. Let's give him thanks for his word today. Amen. Bow your heads with me, please. And I just want to pray a prayer right now. And before I do that, I just want to ask, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today and I'm not a bad person. I just find myself in a place that I don't like spiritually. And I know I need to make some decisions today. I need to change some tent. I need to change some structure. I, I need to change some patterns. And I need to get some things right with God today. I just want you to pray for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. And if that's you right now, hands are already going up. I hadn't even asked. Hands going up. Wow, hands going up all over this building. I just need to make some things right with God today. I want to get the structure right. I want to get the heart right. And I want to be a temple that he can dwell in and make a difference in the lives of others. Will you pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand or you did not? Maybe online, on the web, you need Jesus today. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, you said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord, believe in my heart that you raised from the dead, I can be saved. So right now, I come to you, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead and I receive you as my Lord and Savior right now in Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Will you join me? I mean, there's like 15, 20 hands raised in here today for these that have just made a commitment to Jesus today. Awesome.